0: You know, shout out to Matt, Chief, a tune as a... Chief's brother, for telling me about this tweet. So 13-year-old me saw a video on YouTube of someone using one of these to create light shows with dubstep. So it wasn't me because I didn't make light shows. And I wanted it so bad. So when Christmas came around, I finally got one, got too confused and never picked it up again. It's been six years. Yeah,
1: my bad. That's been my concern with buying a launch pad as well. I said to Matt. He was like, "Didn't you get on?" I was like, "Nah." Just the idea of setting it up was like daunting enough to me to avoid it.
0: Ah, oh, well, yeah, I made a mistake. So, anyway, pretty good day. We'll play. and no, I'll play it properly later. Just getting, just getting comfy.
2: And now your local forecast. Welcome
0: back to The Forecast. I'm joined today by Chief Street and Luke. How are you, lads? Pretty good, mate. Yourself? Very good. Very good. good Welcome back. Thanks for being here. So last week I played the launch pad and it's back.
1: woo How
0: fun. Yeah. I was just talking again about that tweet.
1: Yep. Thank you to Matt. Yeah, I know. He found it sent it to me straight away and I was like, Nick needs to engage with that. That wasn't actually a
0: thing. So that was that was a thing where people were buying these launch pads and then thinking that straight out of the box they had samples on them. Yeah. And not realizing you needed Ableton or Appleton. So many people call them Appleton. Yeah. Then you had to load the samples, map it all out. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's a big thing.
1: It's know, tough. What's the show about today, boys? Uh, today we're gonna cover some stuff about around goal setting. I'm gonna have a little bit of a debrief of some topical touring in Australia, which is about Taylor Swift. Funny enough. You're a massive fan, aren't you? Oh yeah, big swifty here. No. Nah. Not at all, but it's been all the rave at the office at the moment. So I thought I'd do a bit of a deep dive into some numbers and then to finish it off, we've got some fun stuff. Wait, like righto. So, and I'll obviously play the launch, but it's just my thing now. Yeah, it's good was it? to bring it back out.
0: Yeah. 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 It was a good response when I started putting on like shorts and TikTok and stuff.
1: Dude, it's a part of who you are and especially the brand and it's in, like it looks cool and you're really good at it. <laughs>
0: And, you know, only for the last hour I've been troubleshooting again how to get this project to play. I don't know what I've done, but obviously for the longest time, the way I've set up my MIDI mapping is not how Components likes it. But we fixed it. It's all good.
1: Seventh time lucky. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, it only takes 20 minutes to set it up to use. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Goal setting. Goal setting. This is a big one. Yeah, there's quite a bit to unpack about it. Um, I guess what we'll do firstly is just talk about why you goal set and how it helps your future plan. And then we'll talk about what the different types of, of goal setting as well and maybe some examples of what we might want to achieve over the next week or so. Just to lead by example, is goal setting something you have found helpful?
0: Massively. Yeah, yeah it's all part of the manifestation. And, and a huge part of this podcast is to try and educate Others that might be a little bit rudderless. We talked about the body analogy in one of the episodes. The biggest problem we have with creativity is that it's sort of a slapdash. It's sort of like when do I feel creative versus when should I be creative? We talked about product or toxic productivity, and now goal setting is like a major role in understanding that you need a plan. You need to stick to something. Consistency is a huge part of the the game now, and it's great. You know, Luke's my manager. You're a collaborator and co-producer that I often bounce ideas with. We all know that without a plan effectively this whole thing's pointless so even today planning this podcast we had some goals for the podcast we have understandings of where we want to take this and how we want it to be beneficial to our audience and so like you just said leading by example we're going to set some goals that we're then going to keep each other accountable for and you guys listening or watching can follow along and maybe do it too
2: do you have a definition of what a goal is there chief
1: Um, Not that I've written down. Yes, I knew it was up wiki. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have a definition of what goal setting is? Yeah, so like
2: obviously a lot of people say, I've got this goal to do whatever. Okay. there's quite specific parameters around a goal. So a goal needs to have a timeline. It needs to have a date. It needs to be clear. If you haven't, if your goal is to be like, I'm going to play a festival one day, you're unlikely to hit that goal unless you're like, I'm going to play Tomorrowland in three years time and I'm going to be on this stage that is much more likely to be achieved than a non-substantiated goal. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of uh, catchphrases in the business world where they're like, a goal without a date or a deadline is just a dream. So that's Although, my two cents. No, that's, that's, it's very important
0: because, you know, I talk about Navy SEALs sometimes when they have objectives, which is different from goals. Goals, I don't know. I feel like you miss the mark. It's like, ah objectives, it's failure or success, right? Like you don't have the goal to rescue hostages, right? Because if you don't rescue them, it, do, it does matter. So objectives, I feel like you can incorporate objectives into your goals yep. so that you've got a plan to get something. Right, you tick off the objectives as you try to achieve your goal. That's right. I think a lot of people, yeah, like Luke just said with the dream, it's like, yeah, I want that. Okay, well, let's talk about all the steps necessary to
1: get to that. And that's what we're going to do in today's episode. We're going to figure it out. We're going to hatch a plan. Mm -hmm. Well, I think by writing down all those steps as well, it gives you a chance to reflect and look back on everything at the end of it because you've had it all written down. You can reflect on the journey that it took to get to that point. Yeah. Which is another great bonus to setting some goals. And I think just putting it all down on paper just takes a lot of it out of your mind, which is such a bonus to have that space. Yeah. be able to be free again. I haven't done journaling. That's something that I haven't got into just because I'm
0: probably not… I, I don't have the luxury of time to sit down and, and reflect on my day. I do that when I have a shower. I sit yeah. there. And I'm like, what did I do today? What do I want to do today? Paper
2: goes soggy if you try I, journaling I, in the shower. <laughs> Let's try it.
0: <laughs> Old mate, soggy paper. Yeah. But I think manifestation only happens for me when I write things down. So in the morning, I try and do this thing with Rachel we're trying to get into a habit of doing this because to date, everything that we've written down has happened. I write in present tense.
2: As if you've already achieved it.
0: Correct. Which is a bit weird when you first do it, you know. I am this, I live here, I do this, blah, 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 blah. But you do it enough times, there's this idea that the subconscious is so profoundly powerful that it only knows the inner monologue that you have. It doesn't know mm-hmm. anything else is, is real. So the more that you can train it or the more that it thinks that this is the reality,
2: the more it seemingly comes about. Do you agree with that or do you think it's a load of hippie nonsense? Nah, it is a load of hippie nonsense, but it, it's actually scientifically proven as well. Is that right? So there's a study that's been done. I can't remember who did it, as per usual, like me. Um, that's not like, important. There's like a scientific, a once, there's a scientific guy and there's a spiritual guy, right? Right. And the spiritual person believes that something is, you know, this is going to happen because I believe it's going to happen. The scientific guys, like your subconscious, you know, chemically when you focus on things, your brain actually does these things to help you achieve it. And the, the uh, end of that, you know, both of those perspectives was it doesn't matter which camp you're in. The process in the brain is the same, whether it's belief that is causing your brain to have that pattern or whether it is your subconscious causing your brain to have that pattern. It's the same thing going on in your brain. So both of those things can actually be true at the same time. It doesn't necessarily need to be one or the other. And the other part of that is um, based on your manifestation, what you were just saying before, if you actually set a goal and then you don't achieve it, that's actually like a vote for your subconscious that you're not achieving. So if you set yourself a goal and you set yourself the steps, but you don't commit to them and you don't do them, subconsciously, you're actually telling yourself you can't achieve it. So it's actually the flip side of that as well if you're not fully in it and hitting your goals, hitting each step.
0: I just realized your lights on.
2: Hang on. Hold that thought. I'm going to turn your lights on. That was really good. (laughs) It was deep. Tell you, man, you got to read Atomic Habits. James Clear. It's got all the answers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my bad. I forgot to turn all the lights on when I got in. So would you kind of place like goal setting and manifestation like really close to each other? Not. Re- I feel so. like manifesting's,
2: once you've got the goal in mind, it helps you achieve it. Yeah. But I feel like actually setting a plan to achieve a goal is separate.
1: You can say you want to go and do this thing, but you still got to work towards it yep. It's not really just going to appear one day. Yep. So let's talk about
0: what our goals are. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we can sort of help the audience with their goal setting. Yep. Have you got some goals, Chief? I put you on the spot before. When yeah. I was like, have you got any goals to talk about?
1: And you were like, what? Yeah, well, um, we tried to nail it down a bit. We've got one life goal yep. and one music goal for the week. Nice. So my life goal is to not drink any soft drink for the next week. Fair. Which isn't enormous, but as someone who's just been drinking too much, I think it's a good one to try and yep. get rid of for a Fantastic. little bit. Yeah. and I'll, I'm the,
0: uh, So I'm going to basically grill you next week. I'm like, did you...
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, you can hold me me to it. That's fine. And then the music-related one, I've got a couple of things I want to try and do. One is kind of piggybacking piggybacking off what Luke said in trying to nail down my next release. I kind of have gassed myself since the last one. I need to now, I've taken a couple of weeks off, I need to nail down what's next and sort all the assets behind that. And then I also need to, I want to reach out to more guests for this podcast. said I was going to do it last week, didn't do it. So... So, Bonus goal. If you
0: do not... Do the three goals? Mm-hmm. You have to sing a Taylor Swift a cappella on the podcast. Okay, only if and give it. me a hundred bucks.
1: Uh, I don't know about the money, but I can and definitely have. I can have Taylor a... Swift and a hundred bucks. Well, looks like I'll be drinking no soft drink. And there we go. Things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you have to give me the hundred bucks in the podcast. <sighs> And then, as Ish. you're singing...
2: They say that in order to make change, you either need to have enough pleasure to run towards it or enough pain to run away from it. So I think you've just found your pain
1: point. Painful, Luke,
2: you're up. What's your goals? Do you have three? Uh, I have two currently. That's or Maybe fine. a third one will pop in my head while I'm talking. My first one is uh, figuring out which track of my 18 or so almost finished Lobu tracks I'm going to release next. Worked, I think I mentioned last week, I've mentioned to you guys, maybe off off the podcast, that I've released a song every three years and this year is time for another one. Uh, personally, I want to not look at my phone for an hour before bed every night this Good week. Good one. Oh, that's excellent. That's been killing me I've lately. been trying really hard the last few days, like since I got back from New York. and I'm doing okay, but I'm not doing great. So I'm going to really try and...
1: That That's, a great one. One. That's a habit I have really bad. My last thing is I look forward to it as well. Yeah.
2: Oh. Well, okay. That last little scroll before you drift off to sleep. Yeah. It's
0: not your fault, unfortunately. It's it's been scientifically proven that it's an addiction. It's honestly an addiction. There, there is some <laughs> dopamine that is released, not oh, a huge yeah. amount, but enough that the brain is becoming yeah. trained to know that it's fun and it's a reward, but it's not a it's not a real reward. I'm, I'm really concerned for myself because I do have an addictive personality and, and the next generation that we are so glued to this device that when it gives the statistics as to how long you've spent on it, imagine being given a death sentence and you're looking back on your life, right? And hopefully the death sentence is like when you're much, much older. Let's just say you're in your 90s, right? And you get your stats. You spent one third of your life looking at a screen, like, that's a lot of life. You're looking at someone else's and not your own. Yeah, it's
1: pretty spooky. I think it's going to get almost worse before it gets any better as well. Mm-hmm. I think that the way technology is trending, that everything is going… Everything is screen-based already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help we all make music and like our living is on a screen. I work on a screen. I say… You My a website business. <laughs> My eyes… I, I
0: need glasses. I refuse to wear them on this podcast. Yeah, I've actually never seen you with glasses.
2: Really? No. Never. And when you walked in. Yeah. Oh, I missed
0: that. Yeah, I took them off. See, so you, you guys are just a little bit blurry, but um, that's come from, I think, I just spend way too much time in dark rooms, especially looking at brightly lit. Mm. Now, the good thing about what Luke's saying is that there's another study showing that if we're flooding our eyes with effectively artificial light, the the brain's registering that as, you know, from back in caveman days going, oh, it's morning. So yeah. the, the chemicals that we release naturally as, you know, we know it's getting to night time. That's not occurring because we're looking at lit devices. You can get uh, blue light shades like glasses and stuff, but ultimately an hour of, of no phone time would be a really good one. Have you got a third that kind of runs? Like you, you've been doing more exercise. I know you're setting up a home gym. Is there a third one just so we've got three each because then it's fair when I stitch you 100
2: bucks and make you sing Taylor
0: Swift next week?
2: I was trying to go for a run every morning. Oh, well, that's, that's a big commitment. And I was getting up at 5.30 every morning. But oh, that's also a massive I got commitment. up at 7 this morning and I didn't go for a run. Also, my 43-year-old knees are not enjoying the running every morning. So I would say something. Maybe maybe getting up at 6 every, every morning for the next week. Okay, there we go. Even if it's just stretching and meditation or something. Done. That's your three. And if you don't, it's 100 bucks. Yeah. we've got it tough. I'm more looking forward to seeing Taylor Swift. <laughs> He's actually
1: pretty good at singing. I bet. We'll get him in the booth. Alright. What's yours, Nick?
2: Okay. So,
0: I want to sign up to a gym. I can't remember the last time I was really into gym and I used to love it. It was so good for my mental health. He got jacked. You remember that time you went to Europe and you got back and I was just <laughs> hitting the gym?
2: <laughs> and, and you he- had that shirt that you used… So, he used to wear this shirt all the time. I only have one shirt. It was like a uh, little denim pullover <laughs> thing. We- he picked us up from the airport… And we're sitting down at this cafe having coffee and he's picking up his coffee mug and he's like drinking it. (laughs) And this shirt on his bicep (laughs) is about to split open. And I'm like... What have you done to yourself <laughs> in the last six months? He's like, gym, every day. Wow. It
0: was very—it was an angry phase of Nicholas's
2: life. Yeah. He yeah. bulks really quick though. Like I, I don't bulk really at all. I, t- just... I took it very
0: seriously though. I was you know, yeah, eating did. properly. I was taking a lot of supplements. I had a training partner. We were going twice a day.
1: Oh, yeah. I was
0: doing, it, 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 all I did. All I did was make music and go to the gym. But I was also really angry.
2: Yeah, you had a lot of energy to get rid of. Yeah.
0: yeah. I was... Well, to give some context to my fans, I was exiting or at least attempting to exit out of a management deal with a management company and it got messy. Mm. It wasn't just like, hey guys, don't think this is a good fit anymore. I want to leave. It was, hey guys, can't even give you the notification that I don't think this is a good fit because no one's responding. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to get my lawyers to send you a message. And fire was met with fire. And so the lawyers just went at it like, okay, now there's going to be audits because we need commission and we need this and we need that. And it just got miserable. Yeah, Yeah. I And I'm going to talk about this at length over the duration of this podcast when it seems necessary. And I'm not naming and shaming. I'm just expressing, you know, why at certain times of my career, I wasn't making music. I was in the gym. (laughs) I would like to sign up to the gym in a very different headspace. It's about my mind now, not about... Oh, I just want to get jacked for stereosonic. That was the thing. Look it up. Shredded for stairs. That was the thing. There was a music festival in Australia where everybody would like take roids because they wanted to be...
1: Do you remember the stringlets? I thought that's the shirt that Luke was talking about. No, nah, like I was it like, No, I was like... like long-sleeved, oh, long-sleeved denim, ain't that much better. Cool kid they shirt. They
0: don't have much room to move. I uh, didn't appreciate at the time that it was not fitting. Um, anyway, that's goal number one. I want to sign up to a gym. So I guess the second goal is probably to have attended the gym because I've had gym memberships the last few years and have not gone. So that's number two. And then I think it's funny because I had like 10 goals. Music related, this one? The music related one is very similar to yours. I think because I've really, I've just been so consumed in what the studio has been doing for other people, I've totally forgotten about the M4 Sonic project. I need to deliver to Luke two songs. So, in a week. So finish yeah. them or just, no, the songs just say are done. this is what we're the doing? No, the songs are done. They just need to, I just need to pick like, okay, I think these are the next two that we release and then deliver it to Global League. There's a lot of work around that though because they need album art. And I've been making all my album art myself. I've been messing around in Blender. The great thing is I've made this template that has my logo and then I just create the, the world around it to fit the song. So it's not a huge amount of work when I just have, well, I've just got to prioritize the time. Mm. But I think I'm going to be hitting the gym after signing up. And I'm going to have lots of blood flowing to the brain. Stale blood syndrome is something that I've made. I'm by no means a medical professional, but stale blood is a thing where I, I think have if stale I've. Blood I think if I have a resting heart rate for too long, and I'm talking weeks, and I haven't forced the body to be stressed, it just affects my mental health. I just become a slug. So, yeah, that's my three. And if I don't do two songs, one gym membership, one attendance at the gym. I owe you both $100 and I'll sing one time yes.
1: a Taylor Swift. Well, I hope we're all successful and that no one has to sing and that there is no money involved because I don't want to pay anyone and I don't want to <laughs> get anyone's money. <laughs> I'd probably pay you not to sing. None
2: Swift. of us have
1: any money to give the others. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're all broke musicians. That's, that's why I, I made it 100. It. 101. Okay, cool. So Yeah, I think it's good. You know, short-term realistic goals. I think that's important that whatever you set, long-term, short-term should be realistic. Well, the hardest thing too for creatives is that you don't have a boss. At the end of the
0: day, you don't have that person that is going to penalize you if you don't fulfill something. And I think we all seek purpose in life. And when we fulfill that purpose, we are effectively ticking the box, the checkbox that it's like, yes, I've accomplished. If everything is just a burden and if everything is just difficult and you never seemingly accomplish that thing, then it's it's fair that your mental health can decline.
1: I've got quite a, oh, a lot of old goals on my computer and that I'd be interested to load them up and see what Absolutely. I've done.
0: Well, I've got some bigger goals that I want to discuss next week and they fit into the next 10 weeks. I've got a child on the way in 10 weeks. doesn't get much bigger than that. No, and one of my big goals is I'm actually studying a business degree and I have <laughs> 11 weeks to finish it. So one of my big goals, which I didn't say yet, is to finish that. Exciting. Yeah, wish me luck. So we'll follow up on that soon as well. Yeah, that can be a $1,000
2: penalty if I don't do that one. Yeah, I'll sign up. Yeah, yeah. You, okay. You can go. pay me $1,000. All
0: right, let's talk about what, um, just in a broader scope, for, for those listening or watching, how are they going to go, you know, what, are they, what, what should they be doing to, to set reasonable expectations for, for
1: goals? I would say one, I'd, I'd be look, depending on where you're at in your career, I'd probably be looking for a 12-month goal. You start. reckon? Well, yeah, but then break it down. Okay. I would get some big picture stuff in what you might want to achieve over the next year. Okay, because that will create the fundamental why. Yeah, yeah, and then break it down into what little steps can you do to, to achieve yeah. that. And then there's mini goals, trying to service the big goal. Yep. Um, so some stuff I had set in my past would be get something signed to a label, finish a certain amount of songs, get a show. That's usually the type of stuff. Po- like, you know, post on Instagram once a week is one of my ongoing goals. Nice. At the moment or objectives. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to get grand scheme of things maybe, you know, throw out some you know, two, three year goals of yours as well. Some people do really well having that something to look forward to in their future. Um, but I just work better with small stuff achieving something big in the end. So, you know, the 12 month timeline kind of works for me.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important because sometimes you think of this big outlandish goal and it can get overwhelming and you get Analysis paralysis, where you're not sure what you need to do and you don't take any action. And before you know it, a year's gone by and you're like, oh crap, I haven't gotten any closer. So, like, doing the little goals is actually the way to do it. Mm. I'm guilty of the other way. You go grand. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask you guys, I see often on TikTok,
0: you know, like quotes. And some of the quotes are, you know, don't tell anybody about your goals, you know, just achieve in so
2: silence. Do you agree with that or do you disagree? I feel like you don't need to shout about them online. Yeah, okay. I feel yeah. like verbalizing it and telling someone you're going to do it adds an element of accountability to it. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. And that's talking said. again
0: to the subconscious, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So when you talk about it like it's going to happen, have you noticed that I've done it with this place, this studio? Mm. I say stuff all the time and I think people must just think I'm talking shit. Most of
2: the time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I have <laughs> bricks and mortar as evidence that I'm not. <laughs> but when I'm like, oh, you know, one day it'd be so good to sound treat that warehouse because it would be such a good film studio. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a really ex- expensive exercise. Yes, absolutely is. And then just the most bizarre events happen where the builders just happen to have an opening where they can do that. And they've been incredible in how they've been able to get that all happening in such a short period of time. And we're six months ahead of when we wanted to have that studio and it's, it's done. Now I just need to get up the tools and paint it. But- Another goal of ours. Ooh. So that's a mm. studio goal. Two weeks. Well, so you guys will laugh. I think I, I sort of mentioned this off-air. We went on Airtasker to, to get some quotes as to how much it would cost to paint the film studio. And we're thinking, you know, someone might do it for a few hundred dollars. You know, we'll supply all the gear, whatever. We got two different quotes, you know, gear without gear, without paint, whatever. $10,000 to paint. Off
1: Airtasker as well? I thought yeah. that would have been a pro pro. Harry's Pro Paints.
0: Yeah, I thought yeah, that would I have mean, been like I for that,
1: I'm, I'm thinking like 10 people will rock up and it'll be done in an hour. Right. Yeah, pay me 10 grand, it's going to take me days. Like, why wouldn't you just do it yourself at that, that point? I think,
0: yeah, I think there's going to be some behind the scenes footage of me on the tools because that's just, yeah, we can't do that.
1: Well, it'll be really exciting and I'm excited to move out into that room and to have more clients using that space mm. and watch the business kind of evolve so again. stay tuned, everyone. So we're, we're
0: recording in a room that's, I think, four by four. I'm pretty sure. It, it looks bigger on camera than it actually is. Like we do remarkably well for what the size of the room is and then we're moving into a much, much bigger space. With moving into a much bigger space comes lots of pros but a few cons is the sound. So, you know, the gear can be positioned in better locations. It's a lot easier for crew to get in and move stuff around and we can dress the set. We're going to have like stages and all sorts of cool shit. But, the added complication of that is that it, every time you clap or you do something that's quite abrasive, then that sound resonates. So you can't treat it as well as this room without putting a ton of infrastructure in. So, yeah, stay tuned for that one. But it's going to be cool for people to see the progression. You know, when we first started this, low lighting, now we have great lighting, great cameras. Now we're going into like the big, the big real film, film style of capture. And yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about, uh, you had some interesting facts.
1: Yeah, well, I did some numbers. So All at the, the facts, moment, man. yeah, so you may or may not know depending on where you are in the world. Taylor Swift is obviously embarking on her massive The Errors tour and it's been announced in Australia that it's coming. And so basically, uh, we had our first release tickets come out yesterday and they sold out pretty much instantly. And so she's added one extra show to the two cities. So it's her first tour in Australia for five years. It was initially three shows in Sydney and two shows in Melbourne. And now after selling those out, they've added one extra show Adelaide? to extra each city. Damn no. it. Yeah, so no, no, nothing other than Sydney and Melbourne. No Brisbane, no Perth, no this Adelaide. This is why the rest of the world doesn't know Adelaide exists. So on the first releases of those tickets, four million users were trying to get tickets. Wait, this this couldn't be just local? Talking about Australia? goal setting. So, so mate, we are just getting started. I've got some crazy numbers coming up. So, yeah, uh, Luke was saying, and or maybe it was Rachel, that a lot of international fans are looking at Australia to go to as well. Because if you're in certain areas, she may not be touring there and it may be easiest to actually come to Australia to see the show. Wow. Which is crazy. So, Sydney's got four shows at a core stadium and Melbourne has three at the Australia's biggest stadium, the MCG. Nice. Three sellout days at the MCG, which is crazy. Uh, The capacity for the Sydney shows is 86,000 per show, and the MCG is 100,000. So they weren't weren't tickets somewhere between two and... Just just wait. (laughs) We are getting there. Like I said, we're scratching the surface. On average, you can expect about 336,000 people to attend the Sydney show and 300,000 people to attend the Melbourne shows. Standard ticket prices vary from 80 bucks to $380. And then there's also package deals on top of that that vary from $350 to $1,250. So we're speaking in Australian dollars, by the way. Um, So what I found interesting to look at two parts of that, standard tickets, 80 bucks would be in the absolute bleachers. um, And that's a Taylor Swift lyric, so good on me. (laughs) (laughs) And then... um,
2: Preparing for next
1: week, you're probably looking at on average not getting an eighty dollar ticket. You're probably looking at two hundred plus. And so, what's in it? What I wondered was like, well, you get a package. What's in the package, right? So what's in the package? What's in the package? So, for one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars, I sound like an auctioneer here. <laughs> what do you get? Well, you get one unforgettable a reserve floor ticket. So, depending on the package, on you the might- floor. You're probably just like right at the front. Is that the you know? bit
2: where the, near the stage where she does the dive under the stage thing that I've seen on TikTok? I've got no
1: idea. But anyway, so there's different... Depending on what package you get, the closer it is, and that's what they're calling the unforgettable ticket is obviously right at the front. Uh, you don't really get a lot else <laughs> other than that. To me, you get four Taylor Swift prints and exclusive VIP merch. That's it for 1300 bucks. basically. Imagine if you forgot your ticket. And that's one ticket. That ain't a group. That's one ticket. They're offering a hotel and a ticket package. Something I've never heard of or seen before. Happens a lot in Europe and the States. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it in Australia before. Yeah. Honestly. Usually speaking. at so, festivals though. Yeah. Well, she's basically a walking festival at this point. So yeah, if you're from Adelaide or any of the cities she's not coming to, you can do a package deal that will get you a hotel stay and two tickets basically. And they're from like 600 to a thousand bucks. So do you know gross what? Oh, yeah. Oh, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> So, (laughs) the average price for a standard ticket is $215. For the three shows in Melbourne, the total on ticket sales is $64.5 million. For Sydney's four shows, ticket sales are $72 million. The total for all shows in Australia, purely ticket shows, is $137 million. So that, doesn't include any package tickets so that would probably increase it and it doesn't include any merchandise so
2: purely i'm gonna hands uh, down say at least one in three people if not two in three people would buy
1: it oh the merch would go crazy man wow i mean this is this is serious money we're talking
2: about so can you imagine bringing a truckload i'm obviously like the whole stage and everything as well but like who has the 300,000 T-shirts? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
1: Yeah. Wow. The scale of it is just crazy.
0: Unreal. And I guess, you know, and like any business, the expenses to Taylor Swift for the show, the rehearsals, the crew, the crew. everything, yeah. this is not just something they just, oh, let's just go to Australia. There's been years of work put into these shows. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still interested to know what the take-home would be. Yeah,
1: obviously, I mean, how much does it cost to hire out the MCG?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I I just,
1: it'd be really interesting to just say if it was rounded at $100 million, what What is the the total for the two again? Well, I reckon I'm undercutting it because A, no merchandise and B, this is just standard ticket sales. the radio play of Taylor Swift right now in Australia is driving me nuts.
0: No disrespect to Taylor's music, but I just think, you know, hearing it six times on on repeat every time in the car. The radio play, so there's royalties, there's revenue from that. Then obviously the exposure aspect then is pumping everything to do with the brands. The brand is super relevant.
2: We talk about viral moments and social media strategies and stuff on here a bit. And we were saying before the the podcast offline that how many people were posting about either A, getting tickets or B, not being able to get tickets yesterday. I think nearly every person in Australia would have mentioned her name yesterday.
0: Yeah, it was nice to not hear about the, the Titan for a little bit and just hear about Taylor. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, the cycle moves quickly. But yeah, at The Office, it was just like constant. Yeah, that story really imploded. <laughs> <laughs> really wow. Too soon. too soon. yeah, Taylor Swift just has been the, the focus of Australia at the moment, which is crazy. So, what do you get at the show? Well, it goes for about three hours and 15 minutes. That's a long show. The longest of her career. Wow. It consists of 44 songs divided into 10 acts. Wow, that's that's why is that a bit too much? Well, I mean, people not for T Swizzle fans, you know. I'm sure there's like interlude-ish type of stuff. Like she's probably not going at it non-stop. But to the to the few live shows that I've been to that have gone for an hour and a half, I've been like wrap this up
2: about
0: an hour in. I've lost all my energy by that point. Yeah, well, it's going to just be full of super
2: fans, I guess. So like oh, yeah. they just I'll don't want it, it to end. Love it. That's
0: so. in, that's incredible showmanship to be able to do that that many times yeah. for that duration. Have you
2: have you seen the videos of her like performing in torrential rain? And oh, there's just mm. she is a trooper. She mm. will put on that show, rain, hail, or shine, and she will not stop.
0: She. It makes you think when acts just decides to cancel last minute or. Or you know, the, literally the moments before the show, just can't perform. Like the, the the amount of effort and work that goes into that production. Yeah, actually, did you guys see recently the Glastonbury festival? Lewis Capaldi, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, having a bit of a bit of a tough time there. The crowd really got around him, which was awesome to see. But I just, I, 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 oh, I, I just worry that the music industry is really pushing that and, lad, yeah. and you know. Uh, that's that's a tough one.
2: He needs to go. like He's doing all the right things. He's taking some time off. He's stopping his touring. He's going to go focus on his health. and yeah. He needs to. He can't. He can't no. keep going until he gets better. Yeah. Because any,
0: for anybody that's performed in front of massive crowds, in the moment, it's fine because you can rise to the occasion. But there is so much stress internally before the moment you stand on that stage. Yeah. And sometimes it can come with you. And sometimes you can… Uh,
2: all to pieces, especially when you're dealing with health concerns already. Yeah, you know, with right. Tourette's and stuff. Like he's already battling. Yeah, and anxiety and stress triggers it, makes it worse. Oh, so, yeah, like,
0: oh, yeah oh, that yeah. would be terrifying to not have control. Yeah, that would be absolutely terrifying. So, hey, mate, if you're listening, we hope you're taking the time
1: you need, get better soon, and we'll see you when you're ready. So, just to, just to cap off on the uh, the Swifty stuff, about hundred shows in eighteen countries. So, if you were to say maybe fifty thousand at each on average, mm. about a billion dollars for the tour, I'd say. Which billion dollars, one billion in one year. Oh uh, uh, yeah, it's, it yeah, it is nah, a it's not. It's not a hundred shows should do that in a year for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's, it's pretty crazy.
0: But that also the effort though, uh, just that's just phenomenal effort. So you have to applaud anyone that in, has got to superstar level to one, have the demand to put on a show, to then execute the show, to even build the show, and then to, I'm, I'm sure there will be shows that don't go to plan, but I'm sure everything will go fine. But wow, that that's an effort. And then would you just stop? Would you just be like, that's it? Well, two are done. Like, I, they're done. That. Do
2: you know what? I think that a lot, right? I look at like, you know, Taylor for one, but Beyonce for another, and you look at like old rockers and even DJs that are still in their 50s and they're still going out and playing 3am gigs in Ibiza. So I feel like, you, they must just love the process and love the art and love the performance so much. Mm. The money is just a side product. Like they just do it because they love it so much. Because otherwise, if you had a billion dollars or, you know, hundreds of million dollars in the bank, you could just do whatever you wanted and they choose to keep working. And it's like, all right, cool.
1: I That's, think uh, as you mature as well, if you do take some time off, which I'm sure most of them do, then they get that itch again. Yeah. I want to go back and do it. Because like it almost feels like sometimes you see Guns N' Roses and you're like, ooh, just <laughs> give, give it up.
0: What, what, who, who, who had, was it Johnny Farnham? Oh,
2: the, 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 the last four. tour. The last oh, tour. The last
0: tour. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Final last time.
2: Yeah, that's it. Definitely the last time.
0: I'm really missing playing live shows. And it's a shame because I think just when things, you know, that pandemic really sort of screwed up a lot of plans. But I think I was just finding my groove. Mm. And I knew where I wanted to take the show. But yeah, unlike Taylor Swift with, you know, number one hits worldwide, household name, the amounts of work I need to do now to get to a point where that opportunity presents itself, we talk about goal setting, it's overwhelming. It's absolutely overwhelming. It's overwhelming for someone who's lived it not to Taylor Swift level, but I knew what it took to get to the, the first point of entry and then to to learn on the road and to play the shows and to gradually get up to big audiences of 50,000 people and then to be humbled in playing smaller club shows to people in, in territories that didn't know me and, and realize that I didn't have the brand yet and then to put all my efforts into part of the world, Southeast Asia in particular, just before the pandemic and then to have basically touring just wiped off completely and you know that was a few years ago now so in terms of goal setting little steps getting music out getting this podcast out to the world getting people to know that I'm still able to do Launchpad I'm still able to produce records and maybe build that back up to the point where I'm relevant who knows got to enjoy the process though yeah it's about the journey always the journey but if the goal and one of the massive massive career goals is to play Tomorrowland I've like played Tomorrow World, which was the American, we spoke about that with Godlands. That's the American version. It's no longer, no, I think they discontinued it 2015, 2016, but that was literally, they took the stage from Belgium. They packed it down and they shipped it to America and then they rebuilt it. Incredible. I want to do the legit Tomorrowlands. Like I, I want that to be an experience. But who knows if that opportunity will, will present itself. Well, set a goal. Set a goal, have a plan, little objectives. My objective right now and for the rest of my career is to create value. I want to
1: give more than I take. Very meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always laughing at my responses. I mean it. I mean, that's a very, Thank you know, you. generous thing to do. A lot of people are selfish and egotistical and to want to give back. I mean, you're already doing it. So Thanks, man. you're well on that path. Mm. I mean, there's not many people in, in, in this city, in studios in general, providing opportunity to people at all. Mm. So, mm. you could definitely look at that. You're already providing heaps of value.
0: We've got a cool event coming up. I will obviously confirm once we've like locked everything in but it sounds as if we're going to have about 30 people come to the studio soon to see the new Ableton Push which will be really cool. An event that we're hosting with Ableton so we'll talk more about that as that sort of gets sort of confirmed and locked down but that's going to be really cool and that too is about community so getting people to the studio to hang out and, and see a new product and just have a, basically a jam and some pizza. More news about that soon.
1: Ease please, Ableton. Keys, please. Yeah, sweet. Come at us. I want it. <laughs> I want it. I'm going to manifest it. Manifest <laughs> Write it, it down. Oh, Write it down. I'm yeah. saying it every other Burned week. it into so. your subconscious. All right. Should we end on some fun? Yeah. Well, Luke kind of asked the question before. We, we suggested it, right? If you had all the money in the world, mm. You had $100 because there was actually a, a lottery this week, last week that had $100 million grand prize. It was $100 million. Yeah, and one dude won it all. So good on for that guy. If, wow. you, if you were that winner, what would you do? So I often fantasize
0: about winning an astronomical amount of money and I keep coming to the same conclusion that it's actually a massive problem. And I don't know if that's just because of the age that I'm at, I've got friends that have considerable wealth and I have friends that have not much wealth and it's seemingly the ones that are in the grind and have purpose and are fulfilled by the small goals, not the massive ones that are actually happier than the ones that just are basically a So when you have an obscene amount of money like that, in Australia, I don't know if it's the same around the world, but the government only backs, I think, a quarter of a million dollars in the bank. So if if a bank institution goes down and you had a $100 million in that one bank account, the government will at least back... Quarter of a million of it—that's all you're insured for, basically. So you've got a bit of a problem, you know. Where do you store the cash? Do you uh, do you do you get it, you know, out of uh, in cash or exchange it into gold and store it under the bed? Like, you know, better than bloody Pablo Escobar
2: at that point, because rats eating his wads of cash. <laughs> like, honestly,
0: it's, it's just yours. such a big math problem. Like, obviously, you can invest into property, but you you've seen homeless people that win huge money and then. A year later, it's all gone. Like they bought cars and houses and they, they helped their family and friends and whatever, not realizing the expense to maintain the expenses. So sure, you have like this beautiful mansion. It costs money to uptain, well, maintain it and upkeep, and council rates, all the rest. So all of a sudden, you've got this big business, basically. You've just become a glorified accountant. Yep. So I think of it differently. I think of it as a $100 million I would love to not tell anyone To try and stash as much of it as possible, like lock it away and still try and maintain the grind, knowing that the bare necessities are covered until I had enough experience on planet Earth to know the best way to be resourceful with it for the greater good, not just for my own self-interest. So I wouldn't be buying a new G-Wagon or 10 tomorrow. Just one. Secondhand... five or six years old, at least 100,000 Ks on it. you know, just (laughs) joking. I don't know. What do you got? You've thought about this one.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm somewhat, um, I'm in between. I understand that issues it comes with as well. Because I said, my friend at work, we were talking about it and I was like, don't you think that would like completely derail a lot of your things in life? Like your relationships, your goals, like, oh, I think it would really impact a lot of, A lot. People still like you for you. They might want want something more from you. Chief streets yacht parties. Fucking, I'll be very popular then, right? But what would I do? I would obviously give heaps to family, select friends. I would give some.
0: I gotta ask you about that. And then, can I just interject? Yeah, this is another conundrum I came to. Right, say you give friends a million dollars. It's a lot. Okay, say give them a hundred thousand dollars. It's, yeah,
1: more in range. And
0: they, they spend it on something that you would not spend it on. Would you be like, hey, I don't think you should be buying that. That's really dangerous. I think well, at that's that
2: really point, you've got to let them make their own decisions. What and if they, they mess it up? What, what, what if they spend it on something? I feel something? like as well, you know your friends pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, could do, you know, I could count on my hand what five friends would each do with the money right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> who yeah, would so you'd know. blow it and
1: who would actually use it. And then
0: you give it to your family and then it comes to Christmas time. They're like, wait, Why, why'd you give me such a stingy
1: Christmas present? <laughs> yeah. I wanted a Ferrari. Yeah, I think, like you said, hiding it would be good but I just don't think I'd be able to because other than doing those things and investing a large portion of it, I'd be going and buy my front row tickets to the Clippers and I'd I just... You, I thought
0: you were going to say Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm following her tour. Around. <laughs> uh, I would buy, yeah, tickets to the NBA every night yep. and I would just live somewhere in LA because that's where my team is Nice and make Blameless. music by the day and watch the Clippers at night would you miss us though? would you miss doing you can come if you want well that's the, this
0: is the thing like you'd be over there with all your money and you'd fancy your house and cars watching the basketball but like who would be there with you that were your friends?
1: I don't know and that's what I mean that's the derailment the yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah it's tough but I would love to do that so I think you could do that without a hundred million yeah well, I wouldn't be in the front row.
0: <laughs> Actually, no. There's this website. I've forgotten what it's called. Uh, SeatGeek. No. <laughs> I I went to a Lakers game. StubHub. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I did for my Lippers game. Got a box, Ooh. empty, no food service or anything. Okay. Just, just, <laughs> <laughs> just. Hello, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> it was cool, eh? It's cool flex. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Luke?
2: Uh, yep. I think all of the things you guys said are good. I would.
0: <laughs> I want to get the crickets chirping sound. <laughs> uh,
2: I would travel. You know, you yeah, know I would travel. Yeah. What I would like, you know, you hear a lot of people be like, I would donate $100,000 to this charity. I would donate $100,000 to that charity. I think a lot of charities have a lot of admin and I think a lot of that money doesn't actually go to the people that need it. Right. Um, I would like to travel and just like be a really generous tipper or like you see some person thrashing out a guitar in some mall somewhere in the pouring rain and everyone's walking past and ignoring him and just go drop them a few hundred bucks and be like, there you go. I reckon That's that'd strange. be... you've got a hundred million dollars. <laughs> hey, I'm doing a lot of traveling. I'm dropping a lot of hundred dollars bills <laughs> yeah. in a lot of buskers' pockets. That's but cool. I think, you know, just doing a lot of little things like that yeah. can make a big impact someone. Do you think you'd lose, you'd lose the perspective, the reality of that though? So the thing is, is that I feel when you have
0: that amount of money, you would go do some pretty extravagant stuff with extravagant people and you just lose touch. You know, you don't, you don't yeah. sit there in the grocery aisle going, that, that milk is cheaper than this milk. God, <laughs> Which is all our lives at the moment. Right. You just go, dude, everything's getting so expensive. So expensive. <laughs> and uh, you just go, I don't care. My time is more valuable than this decision. In fact, I wouldn't even go to the grocery. I would pay someone… To go... I would not even... You just buy food most of the time. you just buy the supermarket. I mean, you've got a $100 million. That would be a good investment. This is the problem that you lose touch. And I feel like it's a really interesting concept and I'd like to unpack it more yeah. over this podcast
1: series. But ultimately, you actually... I think there's a threshold. I think there's a limit. Yeah. Like, hundreds over it. I think between all three of us, if we combined everything, there was some self-enjoyment, some giving... Um, some smart decisions, I think some charitable ones. The
2: good thing about having $100 million would be it buys you time to figure out what's important.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing that I'm noticing that is valuable in this experience, this human experience, is time. Yeah. And it's time, you got, but not by myself. I don't want to be myself. I want to be with my family and my friends. Yeah, I've got some really, like my circle is getting infinitely smaller and smaller and
1: smaller and smaller, but I'm so much happier. So good. We've survived another ring, Luke. But, no, you haven't. Well, if you want those walls painted, I'm you know, fucking, I'll be in there, mate. But That's what I mean. Like, who else? Sorry.
0: Who else rocks up and be like, hey, man, notice your film studio hasn't been painted? Like, we want to help. I mean, that, that's what you want. You want your people to be like, woohoo. Where if you had $100 million, I would already, I probably wouldn't even have this studio, to be honest. Like, I would just not care. I'd be like, oh, I'd have money to renovate it. I'm like, no, I'd have money to buy a new one. Oh, I wouldn't really need to buy a new one because I wouldn't need the income because I don't, like, it just unravels. Yeah, Where's your purpose? Yeah, my oh, purpose. My purpose right now is music and family. I like it.
1: Play us a tune.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to rap?
1: Nope. That's next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, someone, what what um, Taylor Swift song
1: by, uh, oh, are we? Oh, yep. Yeah, I'm going to do, uh, I reckon, Trouble. That's going to be mine. That's a, That's hard, a hard one. Hard one to note, say. Oh, yeah. You're right. Fuck. I should have thought about that too. Can you just try it. Oh. What's the yeah. hook? I knew you were Trouble when you walked in. Well,
0: if that's the performance it's you're the gonna shame need, on me. It's gonna be a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is another one of my Launchpad projects that I just opened on Ableton and I've just gonna remember where the buttons are. I don't I need a riser. Where was my riser? Just pretend there was a I don't know which button does the don't drop it. And then what happened after that? Oh no, it was this
1: button.
0: (laughs) Ah, stuffed it up. So there's no quantizing, so it's
1: a great sample though, isn't (laughs) it?
0: And then it went into... Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, this one was cool. I've lost the muscle memory for this. What was it? That one. That
1: one.
0: Anyway, I should probably have
2: rehearsed it a lot more.
0: But I kind of like people seeing that it's real.
2: Oh, yeah, it's yeah. just a jam. How you've you managed to remember that still surprises me.
0: Well, I made it simple for myself knowing that there are grids of
1: four by four, not six. I can see reoccurring patterns.
0: Yeah, well, this is a pivot.
1: I've done that before, just yeah. at different paces. And then I notice always your melodic stuff's up, up there. Well, at least the start yeah. sample and then the vocal drop thing over there. Yep. The drums are all staying down there. And then it looks like you've got like the alternative drops in the bottom, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there was,
0: and I, this wasn't taught. This was just experience over time. And when I was making these bass therapy sessions, it was, was it weekly?
2: Uh, yeah, every two weeks.
0: Every two weeks. It was it was crushing. And so I had to think up, uh, it's called memory chunking. So we do this with mobile phone numbers. Um, so when you uh, tell someone yeah, a phone number, yeah. you break it in sections. So essentially it was memory chunking. So it was realizing that if I had to make a project quickly, these were
1: where the patterns existed. Yeah. And then boom, you've got a. To... And then you load the next track with different samples, yeah. same patterns. I could probably load a project that I haven't played before. And very
0: quickly familiarize myself with where the memory yeah. chunking had occurred and then play something that was freestyle that would sound pretty good. And my massive goals for one day is to play DJ set with a launchpad again where these, these parts of the show, it's like, all right, everyone, let's jam. And then bang. It's like, it's, it's like I'm not just playing tracks back to back on CDJs. It's like now I'm doing my live stuff. And the MIDI that's firing from the launchpad goes out to software called Resolume and that has all my visuals and it's actually in real time, you know, directing the visuals and the light show and all that sort of stuff and it's just, it's so
2: cool. It is so cool. Do it. Do it. Do it.
0: All right, let's wrap. Thank you very much everyone for tuning in. I think this is, we're past 10 episodes now so we're, we're into the thick of it. If you've got any feedback as to what you'd like us to talk about or where you see this going, this is very much a community-driven podcast and stay tuned next week for whether or not Chief Street will be singing Taylor Swift Trouble and paying me 100 dollars Over and out. Bye. Bye. I wanna don't close